Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is How to Travel with Food Allergies. And we will be talking about knowing what to do when you travel if you have a food allergy or a restricted diet. My guest has a very interesting name. Now, I know her real name because it was in her Zoom title, but she never told me directly, but that's okay, because I'm going to use her very interesting name, which is Aliquity. Very cool name. So my guest is Aliquity, and she'll be talking about this subject. She is a native of Philadelphia and eating cheese steaks. Oh, I love cheese steaks. And soft pretzels them too when she was young, adulted, and she also has celiac disease. But she changed her lifestyle and she's going to be talking about how she travels and how a person with food allergies can travel and not, not suffer from her and, and eat better. So Aliquity is a podcast producer, author, author, that's very good, artist, entrepreneur, I love that, and writer. She has owned several businesses, including a health food store, which figures she's out in Olympia, Washington. <laughs> and smoothie bar and enjoys turning her creative talents into a business model. I love that. That's what it's all about. Her love of travel mixed with her drive for staying current with health has led her to mix her passion with creativity in publishing her podcast, quote, travel gluten-free, end quote. That's a good title. Right to it. Aliquity wants to bring excitement, fun, and enjoyment back into the lives of people who live the gluten-free lifestyle by combining great interviews along with international, you know, informational episodes, excuse me, Aliquity brings the how-to for living a stress-free, gluten-free life to people in the gluten-free community. With that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, I give you Aliquity. Thank you, Tony, for having me on today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you very much. By the way, so I, I, I just met Aliquity just moments ago, and uh, she's very attractive. I said that very professionally. Uh, and and uh, we, we had a little pre-talk, of course, and uh, she admitted to me that she is Italian, even though she's out in, in, in the West Coast. Italian has West Coast, but they're kind of rare in Washington. But she also has a place, may I say you have a, about the other place you have? McMinnville, Oregon. Yes. Oregon. I have a farm in McMinnville. Oh, that's great. I love nothing like a farm. That's fantastic. Yes. So what you do is great. You know, what I, as I said to you at the beginning, you know, my podcast is all about living your better life, having a better life, being the better you. And if you've got, you know, food allergy or, or food issues, you know, that's, you have an intrinsic uh, obstacle. <laughs> so this is right up, you know, it's right in my wheelhouse. It's, it's, it's relatively unusual because more mind stuff I typically do, but nonetheless, this is, this totally fits into, into my curriculum. So I'm, I'm really interested in, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this new kind of interview that I'm going to have with you. And I, awesome. I, I welcome you. 
Same. Thank you. Yeah. I, one of the things I love about what I do, um, and this is like a perfect example is last fall, I attended my first in-person gluten-free conference, um, not conference expo since COVID. And I had a booth and was, you know, promoting my book and stuff. And, um, a couple came up to me and they said, we started listening to your podcast three years ago. And we finally, like we were inspired by you to go on our first trip and his wife had celiac disease like in three years. And so that's what it's all about is giving people the independence to be able to go out and do these things. Cause it's like, yes, even with celiac disease, you can travel around the world. You just have to know how to do it. What exactly is celiac disease? So celiac is an autoimmune disease, just like rheumatoid arthritis or Hashimoto's disease um, or, um, what's the other one, um, like lupus. So they're all autoimmune diseases, which basically means um, that your body's immune system attacks itself. So with celiac disease, your body's immune system attacks your small intestine when you eat gluten. And so it, that can have really bad consequences because one of the consequences it can have is that it can give you adenocarcinoma, which is small intestinal cancer. And that's actually what my dad passed away from, but they never diagnosed him with celiac disease. And, but the, nobody really did back in the eighties. So we believe he did have celiac disease and we're Italian family. So we ate tons of pasta bread all the time. And so my dad was constantly had gluten in his system. So I'm sure that he did have celiac disease and that's why he got the adenocarcinoma. Wow. Well, we live today and we learn from, from yesterday. So yeah. I, you, you're doing great stuff. I, it's really a great thing you're doing because I know a number of people who have food allergies. I don't have any, and I'm just very fortunate. Uh, and so this is going to be very useful information to those, those who have it. Of course, they probably have some knowledge, but you're going to bring your own brand of a liquidy knowledge. And I bet there's going to be something useful for anyone that that's applicable to. So let me get to my first question. How can you find a restaurant to eat at when you have a food allergy? So one of the best ways to find, there's a few different ways, but one, if you are gluten-free, the best way is to get the Find Me Gluten-Free app, or there's actually an app that Michael, oh my gosh, I'm blanking his last name. Anyway, it's called uh, Gluten-Free Philly. So, and that app covers all the gluten-free restaurants in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, tri-state area, which is really great if you're on the East Coast. Um, but if you're anywhere else, the Find Me Gluten-Free app is really great because you can type in your location and find out, get reviews from other people who have celiac disease or who are gluten-free for medical reasons, like if it's a really safe place to eat. Another great way to find out what it's like a, like dairy-free or gluten-free or corn-free near you is you can just like literally on Instagram type in the hashtag like gluten-free London or gluten-free Philadelphia. And you can see a lot of the places that will tag themselves with like gluten-free Philadelphia or gluten-free London. And I actually found a bakery in London that was two miles away from the place I was saying doing that. So That's you can even cool. type in, yeah, you can even type in like dairy-free Philadelphia. And so that hashtag and that's, no spaces. That's Instagram? Yep, on Instagram, yeah. And you can actually even look it up on Google. Just look up the hashtag because you can search hashtags on Google like dairy-free London or dairy-free Philadelphia, whatever. Right. So th those are great ways. Also, you can look for a blogger that is like gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free, whatever the allergies that you have. And you can like reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm traveling to this area. Like, do you know of any restaurants that I can eat at? Or you can find some a blogger that has your same allergy in that area and ask them, hey, what are some safe places to eat? So those are all really great ways to find out where you can eat safely if you have different food allergies. Again, the name of that app was Find Me Gluten-Free. Was that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Find Me Gluten-Free. And um, the, um, the 
the guy who created Jason Elmore, I've had him on two episodes of my podcast. So he talks all about how he be, how he decided to create that app. How long has your podcast been out? Uh, it will be four years. So we're recording this in February. So it'll be four years, February 28th. Wow, that's an excellent run. It must be very good to be going four years. Very good. Yes, it takes a lot of resilience and persistence. <laughs> no doubt, no going. doubt. I relate to that. <laughs> so what are the best accommodations when traveling with the food allergy? So the absolute best one, and this kind of sounds really funny because when I tell people this, they're like, seriously, are cruises. And the reason is because when, no matter what allergy you have, when you go on a cruise, you want to tell them ahead of time, like once, when you, as soon as you book, you want to tell them that you have whatever allergies or you can't eat whatever foods, but they're extremely service oriented. And so every night they literally will come to your table with a menu for the next day and say like, here's our choices. Like what, what foods would you like? And then they can tell you which foods they can make that are free of the allergen that you have. And I've been on several, well, this was pre COVID I've been on several cruises and I've never gotten sick on a cruise. Um, and so cruises are actually a great way to travel if you have food allergies. Um, but like right now it's really hard to travel during cruising because of COVID, but when cruising gets back into swing full time, those are, that's actually the best way to do it. And the other great thing about cruises is that you have like basically unlimited food. Um, so the, like, even if you don't eat lunch while you're out, you can eat a big breakfast and dinner and, and still have plenty of food to eat, even with a food allergy. So cruises are really great. Another great way to travel is through a road trip. So road trips are really great because you can bring your own food. And that's, that's awesome because then you know, all the food that you're bringing is safe for you, for you to eat. Um, another thing is you can go with a special person like um, I use Ellen from gluten-free vacations so you can go with a special tra specialty travel agent that um, specializes in food allergies and finding hotels and resorts that um, specialize and cater to people with food allergies now I'm all about personal development uh, and this may sound like an odd question but are, are there ways to lessen or allergy food allergies or even eliminate them because I, I mean I know there are there are some ways or claims that people can do allergies, but precisely food allergies is your department. So not, that's the answer I want from you. Yeah. So technically a food allergy is different from an autoimmune disease, but you, you like, cause if I eat gluten, it's not going to kill me unlike an allergy, which can kill somebody. Mm. But, um, uh, like I won't go into anaphylactic shock, but I will be sick for a week to 10 days. So it does make you really sick. And then long-term, if you keep eating that like gluten, if you have an autoimmune disease for most people, even if they're not celiac, it will really degrade your health. But, um, but one of, oh, sorry. What was your question again, Tony? Is there a, is there a way to lessen and oh, we do, uh, yeah. uh, uh, eliminate it? there's some doctors who do like allergy elimination and what they, they do some kind of testing and then they give you like a little bit of the food at a time in microdoses and work your way back up. And right. I know that's not successful with everybody. So you have to just check into like finding a food allergy elimination do doctor and then talk with them about seeing if you're like a good, um, a good person candidate, to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. candidate, well, right. You've got to be willing to do that. And I imagine and you have to be consistent with it because if you're not consistent with it, it does not work. That's one thing I do know about that. <laughs> that makes sense. I know there's probably more on the radical side of, of yes. dealing with that rather as opposed and, to just not eating it, which, right. you, you know, I mean, today, especially with the internet, as you just described, you've got choices, you've got ways 
to have, without having to go crazy and, and eat, eat, yeah. the way, eat good for yourself. But definitely don't try that yourself. Like don't try to <laughs> microdose yourself because I've heard of people doing that and that is so super dangerous. So yeah, definitely do it under a medical professional. <laughs> Great stuff. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Aliquity. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. Do you like learning by yourself or with others? What if you could do both at the same time? Visit www.proficio.io. That's proficio.io, where you can learn in the environment that suits you as you choose. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. I'm talking with Aliquity. We're talking about food allergies. We just talked about traveling and restaurants. Now we're going to get into what questions do you need to ask when eating out? So yeah, so there's several different questions you want to ask when you're eating out, no matter what type of food allergy um, that you have, if you're doing it for medical reasons. So one is, um, one of the things I do is I'll call the restaurant ahead of time and ask them like, what precautions do you take for people that have food allergies or can you serve people with food allergies? And some restaurants will come in right out and tell you, no, we don't serve people with food allergies. So that's clearly not a safe place. Is that, is that considered discrimination? I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, but it should be. <laughs> Yeah, so you can, I'll call the restaurant. Another um, thing to do is um, you can, like a, a lot of times places will have like their menu labeled like gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free or whatever. Um, and so that's another thing that you can look for too. Um, and then another a question you want to ask them is that will they change their gloves or clean the grill or clean the surface before they make my food? So a lot of places will at least do that as a minimum. Um, and if they don't, then that's definitely not a safe place to go eat if you have food allergies, because if they're not cleaning their surfaces in between or using new, new utensils and they don't understand why that's important, then you definitely want to stay away from those types of restaurants. Uh, yeah, I'd say so in general, but but obviously, you know, gluten and allergies is the th is the question here. But uh, see, I'm an ex paratrooper, liquidy. I, I could eat uh, I could eat off the ground. I could eat rock soup, but I you know that's I went to I was conditioned for that. You know, I was just telling my girlfriend. You know, uh, she she showers daily like the average woman. I I don't have such a need to shower daily, and a lot of so a part of that is because when I was in the army, we would stay weeks out in the field in the woods, and I wouldn't be showered the whole time. When I came back to the garrison, I would take a shower. The water at the bottom of the stove would be black. <laughs> she was disgusted by that, but you know, I kind of felt like that was an achievement. But that's you know, most people are not like that. They like to be clean. They want their food clean. They want it, you know, that grade A, not you know C or D, which I'd have been happy with. But you know, that's that's their yeah, prerogative. For me, it does. If I'm camping, I don't care if I take a shower, like because I'm out in the woods hiking, I'm sweaty, I'm dirt, whatever. You, like when I'm at home and I'm networking, I do care if I'm clean. So for me, it's definitely situational. You seem outdoorsy to me. I look at you. You see, okay, very good. I, I'm a Brooklyn boy, but I love the outdoors. I, you know, yep. I love the woods. So I'm a, I'm a Philly girl, but I do love to be outside as much as possible. <laughs> and pa Pennsylvania's got so much wonderful country. Yes, yeah, oh. Pennsylvania is great. It's so beautiful. It's, when did you uh, move out to the West Coast? Uh, I moved, actually, I went from Philadelphia to Florida in 96, and then I went from Florida to Utah, and then, and I was there for eight years, and then I went from Utah to Oregon slash Washington, so. Wow, that was a nice adventure, a geographic adventure, very good. Yep, West Virginia. <laughs> and, and what was it, what, what, what was it about Washington and Oregon that attracted you? Um, 
my husband actually just asked me, he said, like, what do you think about Oregon? I'm like, I love it. Why? And he's like, you want to move there? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I, I love, I, I love the geography. I'm, I'm, I'm a very geographic person of Oregon. The rivers of yes. Oregon and Washington, like Columbia uh, is, you know, is, is, you know, it's just beautiful land. And I haven't been there yet, but I will. I will. I'll mark well, my if word. You, come, you need to come visit because I can take you around to all the good restaurants in the area. Uh, thank you very much. So <laughs> speaking, speaking of taking me around, what are the best ways to travel when you have food allergies? Yeah. So like I said here earlier, cruising and road trips are really good um, because you can really control like your food environment, basically is what I call it. So like what you're eating, the food that's around you. So anything that you can control, we're like staying at a resort that, you know, caters to your dietary specialty. Those are like the easiest ways to travel. Like you can, you can do flying, you can do like staying at hotels and other things. Um, but the, but one of the things I highly recommend to anybody that has any type of food allergy or that's celiac or has an autoimmune disease and you need to stay away from certain foods is that when you travel by air, you always want to pack your own food and you want to double Ziploc it in your backpack and take that food out and put it in a separate tray when you go through TSA. And that way you have much less of a chance of getting your bag tagged than if you leave your food inside your bag and you want to double Ziploc it. And I'm a big like eco person recycler, but when I travel, I always double Ziploc everything and I wash them out and reuse them because if you have a single Ziploc and I had this happen to me before and it had protein powder in it and it broke inside my bag. <laughs> so they yeah. thought you were smuggling cocaine? <laughs> no, it's just not fun to clean all that off your clothes. So. <laughs> See, yeah, that, I, that, as soon as you said that, that occurred to me because me, I... I I hate waste and I'm a very ecological person. I'm very aware of the environment and the steward of it. And I would, I would, I would use one bag, but two bags is much more, you know, you know, it's, it's double checking is, it's, you know, it's not, so you don't get a leak. So, and so the, it's, it's, it's smart. So, yeah. uh, but you said you wash them out and reuse them, which is really redeems you right there. <laughs> that yeah. is. Yeah. And now they actually have reusable plastic bags that are thicker. So you can use those as well. That's a new thing I just saw in the store like a couple months ago. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can travel. You just have to find the way that works for you. You know, this is a really great education, not just for people who have food allergies or and gluten issues, but for, you know, people who don't, because, you know, I was, I didn't, this, I really didn't, I didn't think about these things like that. And it's good to you know, at least consider them or have some knowledge about, you know, the challenges that people have and that are invisible to everyone else. But, you know, like, I mean, I, sometimes I might see on a menu gluten-free. I just don't even think anything of it. I'm like, I'll avoid that. I, don't, I want, give me extra gluten. Give me that extra MSG. You know? But I'm just very fortunate. You know, it's good to, you know, be aware and empathize with people. So this is a really good thing that we're doing here. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you have me on. And, and another thing too, is like with gluten-free or any, or dairy-free or whatever your allergy is, is that nowadays, like you can either find a recipe to make your own favorite, whatever it is, or you can usually find it online. Like for me, Tony, one of my favorite things, and I'm sure you can relate to this is cannolis, right? Like oh my growing up with Italian weddings, how many tiers of cannolis did I eat as a kid? Like, I can't tell you. And I was jonesing for a cannoli and I found a place in Boston that made gluten-free cannoli shells. And it was like $36 for a box. I'm like, I don't care. I am buying them and I made cannolis and I ate all of them in like three days. <laughs> you know, I was just telling my girlfriend the other day and uh, I was telling her about Sviadels. Now, do you know Sviadels? A lot of this seems to be the, le you know, us, us Brooklyn Italians, we know this, uh, but it's lesser known than, than cannolis and, and some other pastries. Sviadels are like, 
it's so almost like a baguette, but it has a cheesy filling uh, and so delicious, man. Yes. They are just so fantastic. But, you know, I, I tell you, you know, growing my grandmother, you know, it's it's a cliche that Italian grandmothers are the best cooks, right? My grandmother <laughs> is the one they all they all praised and glorified. She was the she was the top. She was the best. So I was raised with the everything homemade. The dough was homemade. Everything was homemade. I, she would make it right in front of me. Yep. And I and and you know I was kind of spoiled in that way. But Italian, so I I know what really good Italian food is. But Italian food has never been my favorite, simply because I've had so much of it. I like to try different things: Chinese, Thai, Vietnamese, Indian. I think Indian is my favorite right now. Oh, Indian's so good. I love uh, Indian know, food and Greek I, food. I love Greek food. Oh yes, great. So what about when you have these other? international ethnic dishes do you, you have the same parameters you go well, you know you know you ask listen i i can't have gluten or what, what are my options yes yeah and basically and there are some ethnicities um ethnic types of ethnic food that are better than others for gluten-free so like thai is really easy to do most of the time gluten-free because they don't have like a lot of bread and gluten in their stuff like naturally um korean is one i stay away from completely because soy sauce has gluten in it and korean barbecue has soy sauce and like everything so i uh. stay away from korean um vietnamese usually the pho which is the soup that they make it's it's pho but it's pronounced pho that one is not most of the time gluten-free you cannot assume Hold that on. All of it's, it is. it's pronounced fa. i've been mispronouncing it all this time <laughs> they haven't corrected me <laughs> yeah my millennial daughter corrected me like two years ago <laughs> um, they, they, and, those millennials do a lot of correcting yes they do they do for sure a little bit too much on sometimes yeah definitely um, yeah but indian food is another one that is um naturally usually gluten-free um except for the one thing you have to be careful of if you're gluten-free is the lentils because lentils in america can have up to 10 percent of another grain in them and i got really sick eating a vegetarian indian dish that had lentils in it one time so i stay away from lentils completely when i'm eating out because i don't know if there is gluten in those lentils um and um amazingly enough you're gonna you're gonna probably like your jaw's gonna drop on this tony but one of the best places to eat if you have celiac disease is italy and you would think like, well, Italy, obviously there's lots of wheat and pasta, but Italy actually has the highest rate of celiac disease per capita. And so a lot of the restaurants there cater to people who have celiac disease, because if you don't, you're not going to get the family business. That is interesting. That's surprising. Yes. That is surprising. Very good. Okay. So let's take a moment to eat from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Aliquity. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. The pandemic has painfully shown how we must have money put away, not just for a rainy day, but for a whole bunch of them. You must accrue wealth to really be okay. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can truly learn financial principles like never before so that you can have the future you really want and you're listening to the self-help coaching podcast with me your host tony petrozo we're having an excellent discussion with the liquidy we're talking about all food allergies and gluten and it's very intriguing to me especially you know well for the first time as a president because i never considered this stuff it's really very interesting and fascinating and by the way you know you you have a, a really a great charisma about you i know that you're a writer and, and an entrepreneur do you do any coaching or do you coach at all 
Because you, you've got that kind of uh, aura. That's why I ask. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I actually do coaching. I well, It's mostly with my ghostwriting clients because I help people write their books. And so I have to coach them. A lot of times they're like, is this good enough? Should I publish this? And so I have to coach them through that like imposter syndrome, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, if someone's looking for coaching, I'd be glad to help them out with it. It's not like my main gig, but I, can, I have done coaching in the past. Um, I just focus more on writing. But yeah, I can do coaching for people as well. I bet you're a great one. So Thank my next, you. my next question is, what are the best ways to travel when you have food allergies? Yeah. So when you have food allergies, um, the best way to travel, well, you want to do some preparation ahead of time. That's the thing. And the, one of the biggest things with traveling with food allergies is you can still travel. You just have to prepare. And, um, a great way to do it is to like, if you are new, if you have a new allergy and you're not sure what to do is go to like a big city like Chicago or Philadelphia or New York that Kate, like, or like pretty much almost any big city in California. So anywhere that there's big cities that are, um, have like progressive food, basically, which is what I call it. Like they're very ahead of the time, ahead of the time on like vegan and gluten-free and dairy-free and all that stuff, because those are the places that you're going to find the most options to eat at. So you definitely want to plan ahead. Um, and like I said before, like cruises are great, road trips are great, but just like make sure that you plan ahead and write all the information down in a notebook. Like I literally carry a, like bring a notebook with me when I travel. Um, when I first started having my gluten-free to like write things down and everything, and now I keep it all on my phone. Um, but yeah, so just make sure you prepare ahead of time to know like where you want to go, like are the, what places are around that are available for you to safely eat at. Um, one of the things I tell people all the time is that rural areas are usually not good for food allergies because they just aren't educated in food allergies at those restaurants. And so um, if you are traveling to a rural area, one of the things that I do is I'll bring my own food and my husband can eat anything. And so I'll bring my own food in and then he'll eat like an order something and then I'll eat my food that I brought. So that's another option that you can do too when you're traveling. If you know somebody wants to stop at an Arby's or a McDonald's and you can't eat that food. Um, but I do recommend, and I do this myself, is I actually carry spray hand sanitizer with me everywhere. And it's not because I'm a germaphobe and I've done this pre-COVID. It's because when, like, if, you, if there's an allergen on the surface and you touch it, you can have a reaction to it. So what I do is I spray my hand sanitizer all over the table and chair that I'm sitting at and wipe it down with a napkin before I sit down to eat. So that way I know it's at least that I have cleaned it and it's clean. Let me back up a moment. You, you talked about how your father's death and he probably had celiac disease. It's, it occurs to me, and that's just a, a reference or a segue into this, this, this topic, is that today, uh, with, with, you know, with medical fields and psychological fields, it seems to me that they invent a lot of diseases just because it's good for their industry. And I'm not suggesting that celiac disease was invented. What I am suggesting is that, that people suffered a lot more uh, in the past uh, because either these, these terms for these diseases didn't even exist or they, didn't had, they had no knowledge about them or they, weren't, they didn't know what options or, or there wasn't the communication that we have today so they just like suffered silently or you know or just suffered when they got a bad meal if you will um it must be what a great era you know that um that we're in now especially in the age of the internet i mean everything you said not everything but at the beginning at least you know you talked about the apps and instagram uh but now you're talking about notebooks which is you know that's old um old school <laughs> uh, but do you think there is some sort of correlation with the, this modern era we're in, uh, 
with some some food foodborne disease or, or or allergies? Oh yeah, for sure. Because in America, we have modified our food that we eat so much. Oh, it's boy. not this. These people are like, well, Grandma ate this wheat. It's like, yeah, it's not the same wheat. So like, our wheat has been hybridized, have twenty times more protein than the wheat Grandma ate back in the twenties and thirties. So we have a completely different food supply. And then you hear people say, well well, our bodies can adapt. It's like, no, we can't adapt in three generations. That takes like a hundred generations to adapt to that big of a change in your, in your food diet. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, if you started feeding your cat grass all the time, your cat's going to die. He's not going to adapt to it. So, I mean, you can't adapt to food that quickly. And so that's why a lot of doctors who specialize in autoimmune disease believe that we are seeing a lot more of that. Another thing is that um, I found for me and for all the people I know who have celiac disease, there was usually like a big life stress trigger. Like for me, it was my, my divorce from my husband. And so when that happened, I ended up getting it. My younger daughter ended up having celiac disease and we were, Wait, and, and, and you don't, excuse me, you may not have had it before that. So yeah, so you can have the gene for celiac disease, but unless it expresses itself, you will not get, you can still eat gluten. Right. So there has to be some sort of trigger yes. to, to activate it. Right. Yes. Wow. An environmental trigger. And you can get it any time in your life. Like you can get it in your sixties. You can get it when you're a baby. Like it's not like, Oh, if you don't have it by a certain age, you're not going to get it. No, you can get it. And once you have it, that gene can't be turned back off. You know, it's funny you said it because you know, I'm 56 years old and I've never had gastric gas problems that ever, ever before. And just like in the last six months or so, a few times I've woken up with, uh, Agit, as we say in Italian, in the, well, you know, you're mm -hmm. Italian, you know, yeah. and, you know, in heart, heartburn. I'm like, my God, I hate this, you know, and that's a new thing for me. I said, what's going on? This is, this is, this is new for me. I've heard about many people having that, but this is new for me. Yeah. So One something of the things, yeah, as we get older, like our bodies naturally, because I'm going to be turning the big five O this summer. Oh my gosh. And so as we get older, our bodies don't make as many enzymes to digest our food. And so then our stomach turns off our stomach acid in order to digest your food. So a, a really easy way to find out if it's your body's digestion is just to take a really good enzyme every time you eat. And then that enzyme a supplement helps you break down your food in your stomach. And a lot of times that's all not every time and obviously check with your medical provider but a lot of times pe if they people take an enzyme like as you get older you just take enzymes when you eat that supplies your body with enough enzymes to digest your food so that you don't get the heartburn so okay but it's, it's been sporadic for me so I, I mean how would i do that i mean because i need some sort of control so, I mean, and so actually my, my, um, I just say, if you're looking for somebody to help you with that, my health coach, Emily is so super amazing. And I can, I can put you, connect you with her. Okay. Thank you. You yeah. know, you know, uh, this is a bit of a, an aside, uh, you seem like, you know, I have made some observations about you and they all seem to be accurate. You also <laughs> seem to me, seem to me like a kind of new ager. Would that be accurate or is that just, yeah, that's pretty accurate because every time you see a coffee shop that looks very hippie, I'll, like all my family is like, that's a very you place. I'm like, that is a very me place. I totally own it too. Like, yeah, I, yes. I, but I, I, I have to say something about that. Allow me to say this. I, I, you know, I used to make fun of new ages all the time in the nineties up until I realized I was one of them. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait a second. I have all these beliefs, you know, not the woo-woo stuff, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not shaking around quartz, even though I can believe that you could, you can take any item and, and put meaning to it and, 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 and get a lot from it. But, uh, 
you know, I realized that how am I new age? I have these, I'm not, I'm not constrained by convention, you know, I'm all about solution and, 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 and opening my mind. Yeah. Life's too boring to be strained by convention. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or Great life's stuff. too short to be strained by boring conventions is what I wanted to say. <laughs> you know, and as a coach, you know, I, I used to be a, a life coach, personal development coach, work with people in one-on-one. I was never interested in convention or tradition always interested in solutions for the client i don't care what it i don't care if i make them stand on their head you know in in a vat of jelly I, if, I, if i thought it was gonna work let's get the jelly you yes. know yes. uh well the thing is is like everybody has their own life challenges and even like if you and i tony were to experience the same challenge in life like we may go about like go about solving it differently and that's perfectly fine because mm -hmm. everybody has a different way to finding their path to a solution and so what works for me might not work for you and vice versa and that's that's okay it's like you just need to find your workaround for your life challenges absolutely you know i'm very zen and um I believe that, you know, we're, we're all one and, and we know that because of our consciousness, we all have the same exact consciousness. We wake up and we go like, okay, let me go about my day. Every single person does that. Unless you work at night, you work at night, same thing. You go about your day because, with being aware of yourself and, and the outer world. That's consciousness. I mean, everybody has the same exact consciousness experience, but our minds are all different. What's, what's yeah. valuable to me? What are my aspirations? Where, what's my background? We go down, we get into individualism, but it's a wonderful thing. You know, it, there's, there's not a, a separation. There's just a wonderful, great tapestry, you yes. know, it's, I, I hear people say like, I don't see color when they're referring to human beings and skin color. I'm like, no, I do see color and I love every shade of it. Like there's so many different, there's a 10,000, I think it's like 10,000 different shades of skin color. And we all have something unique and special to give to the world, no matter what color you are or where you are on the spectrum. Absolutely. Totally, totally concur. Okay. Let's take our, our final break and we'll come back with the last segment with Aliquity. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it so it has real value. And the best teacher is experienced. Visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where Proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately. You'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. I'm talking with liquidity, and this is, not no, hold on, it's a liquidity. Thank you. I, okay, I, I corrected myself. And I wouldn't have minded if you corrected me. It's a great name. Uh, a liquidity. And it's, by the way, if you're, 95% of, of my audience is listens to this, they, they don't see it on YouTube, but a small amount does. But if you, if you are just a, a listener, not a viewer, I recommend that you check out Aliquity on YouTube because she's very good looking <laughs> and, and it's a great name. Uh, so we're going to get into the final segment here. And this, what you do is a great assistance to people. Like you see that, you know, that people who have these issues really, they can be really constrained and their, their world can be really small because of their, of these, these obstacles and these parameters, but you're really opening the world to them. Uh, you know, with all these, you know, all these ways they can deal with their, their problem in a way that they don't have to, you know, stay home and eat, you know, eat, you know, or they'll just, con con you know, confine themselves to two restaurants that they trust, you know? So it's really great stuff that you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. What, what type of preparation does someone have to do before leaving 
for their vacation. We, we talked about vacation traveling before, but let's continue. Yeah. So besides like, you know, planning ahead and finding um, places like um, what I was mentioning before, like finding local bloggers who have your same food allergy is really great. Packing, like bringing your own food. Um, one of the things you do want to know when you're bringing your own food is I always suggest people like stay away from liquids um, because it's just so hard getting through TSA with liquids, um, like protein drinks. You can like, and so just be really aware of what you're bringing through TSA. And also another great thing to do when you prepare ahead of time is find supermarkets in the area that you're going to that have like dairy-free, gluten-free, corn-free, whatever it is, what like, you know, has food that you can safely buy and eat. And so, you know, go on the website, search the, search the internet. Like one of the things I love is Google maps. And so I can, you know, you can zoom in and see what supermarkets are there. And then right. some of the big chains like Whole Foods, you, you know, was are going to carry it, but then there might be some really great little health food store, some mom and pop health food store there that you can support a small business, support a family business, and also get your, you know, allergy safe food there as well. So always check in the area that you're going visiting to see where you can buy food so that when you're out, if you, you know, can't, if you can't find a safe place to eat, you can always buy food and do a picnic. I mean, get creative with it, right? Like you can, you don't have to eat out at restaurants. You can have a picnic, you can eat back at your hotel. You can, I mean, there's lots of different options you can do. So in essence, uh, it seems to me to take away from this interview, if, if you have uh, celiac disease, uh, food allergies, gluten issues, is that you can live a very expansive life with just some knowledge and some um, awareness of of the things that are available to you so that you don't have to, uh, that you can you can go eat, except stay away from Korean as a <laughs> advice, all right? You know, I love kimchi, but uh, I know that's, uh, it's great stuff. This has been really valuable. Uh, both not just to the people that I described, but to people that, you know, have some empathy for, for those that have these issues. And empathy is always a good thing. Yes. Yes. You, yeah. And if you know somebody with food allergies, you know, I, people, because when I go up as a sort of networking, I tell people I have celiac disease and I can't eat at, you know, at certain restaurants. So they always let me pick the restaurant, which is really great. Cause I love, I love eating out. So <laughs> that's great. So uh, this has been an excellent discussion. Do you have any final remarks for the audience? Yes. Is this a good time to talk about my book? <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Well, this is my book. So if you're watching this on video, you can see it's called The Guide to Traveling Gluten-Free. And you can get a hold of it by going to my website, www.travelglutenfreepodcast.com. And then you can also, I'm, I would love to offer your listeners a free gift if they um, come to travelglutenfreepodcast.com and contact me through my contact form. Um, I will give them, I have a really great little ebook. It's called uh, 10 Tips for Traveling Gluten-Free. So they can get that for free. Great. So that's travelglutenfreepodcast.com. Mm -hmm. Those four words, travel, gluten-free, gluten-free yeah. one word or two. Uh, that's uh, so, yeah. So for my website, it's just travelglutenfreepodcast, like all one word.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. Please come over and follow me and message me on Instagram. I love chatting with people through Instagram and that's travelglutenfreepodcast. That's great. Now you're all over social media. You got YouTube, you got Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, and Pinterest, Facebook, TikTok. That's great. And I know we're going to have a great page for you set up on our website at selfhelpcoaching.com. And it's going to have all your, your social media links in it, as well as of course your website. Uh, but you can either, I think the main thing to look for, for Aliquity is travel gluten-free in terms of a keyword in, uh, in the social media. Yes. Travel. And if you go on, if you go on Google and look up travel gluten-free podcast, you'll see, I'll, I'll pull up right on the top. 
Great. So again, uh, go to Travel Gluten Free Podcast. Get the free gift about uh, traveling gluten free. Uh, is, that the, is that the ten the ten? That's tips? the ten tips to traveling gluten free. Yep. Great stuff. So that they, we know about the the social media and the website. Do you is that the best way to contact you, or do you want to give an email address, or is that? Yeah, the best way to contact me is either messaging me through Instagram or um, get on travelglutenfreepodcast.com and hit me up on my contact form. Great. And is there anything new coming in the near future? Yes, there is. So I am doing, um, I am changing my podcast from uh, episodic to seasonal. So it's going to be running April through November now. And I'm going to be um, having some really cool um, specials on like, I carry this line called lemongrass spa cosmetics, which I absolutely love. And so I'm going to be having some specials on that. And also doing some more community building with a uh, community site that I am going to be working on this summer. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. Sounds like you're getting a little lazy if it's getting seasonal, quite frankly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I have two other podcasts, so. <laughs> oh, what, what are they? So I have the Digital Marketing Hot Seat Podcast, which um, me and my host, Mark Thackeray, get on. And we have guests come on and ask us their digital marketing question. And then I also have COVID Travel Update, which is another podcast that I kind of put on hold for now. But yeah, that's my, those are my three. That, that's great. You got a great diversity. That's excellent. This has been a yeah. wonderful discussion. And again, it's, it's, it was a slight change up, but I really, it fits into my parameters. Great stuff. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure meeting you and uh, I really enjoyed it. So everyone remember that we're all responsible for ourselves and we could all use a little help. With that, I want to thank Aliquity. You've been a fantastic guest and I hope to see you at the next episode of the Self-Help Coaching Podcast. Want to say goodbye? Yes. Thank you for having me on, Tony. I appreciate it. And hello to all of Tony's fans. Come on over and listen. Come on over and give a listen to Travel Gluten Free. I'd love to have you come listen to my podcast. I recommend it. And go to our website, Gluten Free Podcast, and get the free gift. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.